0: This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com.
1: Father, we just honor you in this place. We thank you, Father, for new life, for extreme new life. We just thank you ahead of time tonight for what you're doing in this place, in this very now moment. In Jesus' name, amen. Welcome to the School of Word and Worship, and I'm going to emphasize tonight um, the school, the School of Word and Worship. Um, This morning as I was just preparing my heart, Nate actually is going to um, teach tonight, and oh my goodness, his heart is so full, he's going to just gush the love of God and the truth of God. On you. Um, but I wanted to share a scripture because as I was praying this morning, um, I've been pondering for a few days. I mean, obviously for years, but for a few days lately, I've just been hanging out in um, Psalm 119. And this morning, this scripture just hit me like crazy for what's going on. And so, you know, we've talked about, um, we're starting now with a curriculum, a more precise curriculum, and the first module is going to be new creation living, um, the existence in Christ, what it really looks like. If you don't know at all, then you will learn the foundational pieces. But if you do know, you're going to expand. You're going to expand because there's always more revelation to come from God to show us how to live life In a superior fashion. You know, sometimes we think that means no challenge. No, that's why he comes with truth, is how can we handle his way, life on planet Earth? So this scripture is crazy. Listen to this. Psalm 119, verse 18 says, Open my eyes to see the miracle wonders hidden in your word. That's for us, for this new happening in so. If you are here and you have hunger, you have need, um, maybe you feel dry. There are miracle wonders hidden in the word of God. And the beautiful thing is they don't stay bound up in a leather book. And they were never sent for the benefit of a book. They were sent personally to mankind. So I want to encourage you, take this scripture to the bank. If you're taking notes tonight, put this at the beginning, and Nate is going to unfold to you what we're actually going to begin to walk into this module. We'll do this each, each module. This module will be about five or six weeks, right? So, Well, you know, Holy Spirit does run the whole show, so we say probably five to six weeks. And he will unpack some things for you, some of the things that are going to be unpacked even tonight through Nate. You you know I can think I know already. I can think that I know and yet God comes and touches on things that already live inside me and cause them to become more fruitful, more abundant, more clear, right? Like God wants to clarify. And I don't know about you, but maybe you would agree with me that he's wanting to mature the body and the earth further. Like we're not just sitting here waiting for Jesus to come back. There's a life to be lived that testifies of his goodness and his faithfulness. Amen. So I encourage you, take this scripture to the bank. There's going to be miracle wonders that he's going to unfold for you. Personally, I'm taking them. Anybody agree with me? Just agree with me, man. He says, if two of us agree according to his will, he's right in the middle of it all. So get ready because so is taken off. And if you're new with us tonight, welcome. I see my friends in the back. Welcome. Um, Enjoy. Um, drink in, I encourage you guys, bring a notebook, put notes in your phone, do something, but we're coming as students, every one of us, even those of us that are teaching, we're coming as students, because there is always more, God is just that big, right, like you don't just get to a point where it's like, oh, I know what he's got to say, no, he's got more to say, right, I mean, if humans like me can always have more to say, I think the God of creation can have more to say, right, love you guys, Enjoy.
0: Jesus. Thank you. Oh, I can't even. Oh, thank you so much, Elias. <sighs> yeah, yeah, I'm excited for this module. Yes. You know, what's the craziest, most exciting thing about this is, I get the honor of introducing a module. But really, like, it'd be so ridiculous to think that I c- we can put God in one yes. module. Or fit the new creation life into six weeks or five weeks, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. and so it's a really humbling place to be, especially on this side of the blue chairs, because you're stuck with this massive, powerful like heart of God, Mm -hmm. and then you have people saying like, "Oh, we want to learn too," and it's like it's too big to fit in this. So as we all go into this, let's just start on the same place of like we can't. We our goal is not to fit God in a box of our brains, okay. But that we might know Him, I'm fine with that. Let's let, let let's let let's let that be the goal. And I think some some fuel in like this whole process of getting to know Him is like for me, I'm tired of having access to things but not experience them in my life. Okay, and so like this is kind of where I'm at in wrestling with this whole idea of the new creation of life because I've known it for a long time, but I, I don't always experience it like I want to. So, if you have your Bibles, go to Second Corinthians chapter five or seventeen, and um. I'm gonna read you something that made me mad, and then I'll tell you why in a second. What did I say? Second Corinthians five seventeen. Okay, good. If you have your Bibles, flip there. If you have your phones, Google there, whatever. Okay. Second Corinthians five verse seventeen says this Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Okay, hey, do you guys want to know why that made me mad? Yeah. I mean, does that, so old things have passed away, all things have become new. That's a, that's an exciting thing, right? Yeah. But I was really sad that it felt like I could read this in my lap. I've had this Bible since I was probably like 14, and I've I read it since for like probably over 10 years now, but I don't always experience that. It doesn't feel like old things have passed away. I still do with some things that bother me. It doesn't feel like, Everything's new. There's still some things that feel old. And so it's kind of frustrating to read that because it feels like I have access to something, but I'm not experiencing it. Does that make sense? Okay, so... Let me tell you, Levi was in a very, my son, I have a three and a half year old son named Levi, and he was in a very similar situation. For Christmas, we bought him this brand new Optimus Prime toy, um, which if you don't know, he's a transformer and he's the coolest of them all. And so I, for, for Christmas, I was like, I'm going to buy him this toy. It's so cool. It's really big and it's like a Mack truck and it turns into a robot. And so I got it and I, I told Megan, I said, before we give him to this, like, before we give him this, I want to just make sure we figure it out. You know, I kind of I wanted to play with it first. So I'm sitting there the night before Christmas, and I'm kind of taking out the box and messing with it. And um, I realized on the box, it said ages seven and up. So, so I didn't know because I was just excited about the toy. Tw- I didn't know, but that's twice my son's age, right? Yeah. So I'm sitting here thinking, don't worry, I'll figure this out. So, because six easy steps is what it says. Do 35 <laughs> minutes later, in a couple of colorful words... I'm sitting there, can't figure it out. It took me 40 minutes to figure out how to transform this truck into a thing. And I'm so frustrated. I'm like, gosh, it makes me mad because I've seen the movies. I've seen the cartoons. I know the song. I have this toy. I've seen the pictures. I bought it. I know I have access to make this robot into a truck. I can transform. I know I have access, but I'm not experiencing it. Yeah. It was so frustrating. And I'm three times the recommended age. Honestly, I'm 28. So I'm like, this is, I should definitely get this. So, uh, so I was really scared for my son because I was like, he's not going to be able to play with it. But, but anyways, I'm kind of, I feel like this new creation life we've been reading. Oh, old things are all passed away. And now behold, you know, all things are made new. I feel like we sit that with that in our laps and our Bibles and we go, wow, this is great. But it's like, but sometimes we get frustrated that we're not experiencing this new life, you know, or we're still experiencing the old life. Okay, I'm glad it's not just me. Okay, so, yeah. so with that, um, I think there are some things that will help us walk us, walk us from ha- what we have access to to actually experiencing it. OK, and the joy that that is, because truly like I, this toy was meant to bring people joy. And it was making me so mad. It was doing the complete opposite of what it was for. And so, so sometimes we can take this thing that was meant to bring us joy and, and this news that, that Paul was writing to bring to bring us joy. And we can go, oh, but now I have to make all these things, new, and all these things. And I think that one of the first steps I found is that in order for us to experience what we have access to, we have to let God be God. Okay, and and I'll go a little deeper in that. Is we have to, we have to, we have to know our role in this whole thing. Is if we try and play God's role, and then and then we get mad at Him for not doing His job, we're doing His job for Him. Okay, like we love the verse. um, Let's see. uh, Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Was that Isaiah 43 verse 19? Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Right? Or 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 um, what's another one? Uh, oh, Matthew 11, verse 28. This is probably one of my favorite ones. Is um, Jesus says, Come to me, all who are heavy laden. Oh, there it is right there. Come to me, you who, are, who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you a real rest. In my Bible, the title for that is Jesus Gives a Real Rest. So sometimes we have access to a real rest, but we don't experience a real rest, okay? But why is that? Because I'll tell you, for me, I'll be very vulnerable just out the gate. Sometimes you know, after that in verse 29 and 30, he talks about our yoke, Get you know, you know, give me your yoke, take on my yoke, it's light, it's easy. And he talks about this exchange. What I find is I take my yoke, I take his yoke, I take all the weight of everything I have to do, I get exhausted from doing all that, yes. I come home and then I say, you know what? I will give myself rest. If I just eat this or watch this or do this, if I just have a break from this, if I can just escape from this, then I'll give myself rest. So now I'm doing his job because he says he wants to give me rest. Yeah. And I actually, by doing that, I'm actually avoiding my responsibility, which is what? To come to him. Wow. Yeah. See, Jesus says, come to me and yeah. I will give you a real rest. Wow. That's good. So his role is the real rest. That's what we get. But, but our role is to come to him. And so by, by avoiding coming to him, I actually miss out on experiencing the real rest. By avoiding my, my role, I actually miss out on, I actually trade like the opportunity to experience this for settling for just having access to it. It's really frustrating. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Um, golly. So going back to the Transformer story. Actually, no, I, 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 I'll, I'll just read this. I'll stick with my notes here. In Matthew 6, it talks about this. Do you know, do you know why, um, why it's important for us to understand our roles and let God be God? If we, if we try and play the role of God, um, the Bible is really clear that we're only built to have one master. We're only built to behold one thing at a time. If we're worshiping one thing and yeah. one master, that's all we have the capacity for. We yes. can't do two at once. In Matthew 6, it talks about you can't serve two masters. You're either going to love one and hate the other. You're either going to cling to one and despise the other. You're either going to serve one and hate the other. So if I am being God, like, no, God, you sit there. I'm not going to come to you. I'm going to figure out my own rest or f- carry my own weight. I'm going to be God. I'm a big and bad God. If we start to take on that role, we are now our own master. Which means that we start to despise these things of God. We, we love, and it's not, it's not, I'm not trying to like, I'm not trying to like, there's no condemnation, no condemnation in that, okay? I've just found that my tendency is to, when I love, you, you have to love one, you have to serve one and hate the other. I find that when I start to become my own God, I start to focus my life a very self-serving way. Yep. What serves me? I treat people in a way that serves me, convenience and things like that. Does that make sense? But it's only because I've taken on God's role and not mine. So when we let God be God, we get to experience God as God. So the invitation for us to step into actually experiencing this new creation in life and not just settling for, you know, having access to it, but actually experience it, is let's let God be God. Then we get to experience God as God. Let's come to Him, do our role, so we can have Him give us the real rest. You be God. Cool? Um, this morning, Levi actually woke me up, and he was like fiddling with something. I heard him like, meow, meow, meow. and the second I heard what he said, I was like, I know what that is. It's, it's Optimus Prime. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it because he was getting so frustrated. It's, it's one of the only toys he gets mad at he has. But the thing is, I said, Bubba, I said, Bubba, can you just let me do it? I, he was trying to get him from a truck to a robot. I said, if you let me do it, I can spin the pieces. I work for this for like an hour. I could do this. So I, I said, I can do this. I said, just let me be dad, okay? And, and the thing is, he's, he's, he's like, no, I want to, he's like, I want to figure it out, which I respect so much. I honor that stubbornness. But the thing is, he wasn't able to experience what he had access to because he wouldn't let me be dad. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Because he wanted to play the role of, I'll figure it out myself. I'll be the grown. I'll be twice my age. I'll figure it out. He didn't actually get to experience it, um, what he had access to. He knew it could be a, a truck because he's seen it before. He's seen the movie stuff. he knew it could be that. But he was so frustrated. He just started banging on it, smacking on it, crying and whining because he's like, I'm going to figure this out on my own. But if we let God be God,
1: yeah.
0: then we get to experience God as God. And we're talking about transformers. But I think what I'm hungry with um, when we talk about the, the new creation of life is to, to take it. I'm not, not, I'm not trying to be cheesy. I'm being so sincere here. Is I'm actually hunger, hungry for transformation. We're talking about playing with a toy like a transformer, but I'm actually hungry to see transformation in my life. If old things have passed away and all things are made new, then God, I want to see transformation in how I treat people and how I love and how I serve and how I wake up in my relationship. But God, I want to see transformation. If we want to see transformation, just like Levi, we have to let God be God. We have to let dad be dad. God, I'm, I'm frustrated with this area. I can't figure it out. I know. I'll just work really hard. No, no, no. Let your dad transform Okay, so that, see, see how important it is to understand our role here? Yeah. Like, and do our role and let God do His. So, in the context of this um, verse, 2 Corinthians 5 17, um, it says, If you're in Christ, you're a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. What is our role in that situation? What's our job? Behold. Yeah, it's a. It's a see, the thing is, I read this. I read this verse sometimes, and I automatically think, oh, a chore. I used to read this verse, I'd sit here with the Bible in my lap and say, uh, old things have passed away, behold, all things are made new. And I used to think, okay, now I have to change my behavior, I have to stop using these words, I have to change what, I have to, oh, I have to make all these old habits go away, I thought, another chore. I was thinking behavior, but God didn't say, old things have passed away, behave, Come on. all things yes. are made new. He said, old things have passed away, behold, all things are made new. See, we like to make it about behavior, but God is actually dealing with our identity. Come on. He wants to deal with our identity. I'm telling you, this, this is his heartbeat. Remember, um, when we, the importance of understanding our role, it actually walks us from, from just, ex, just what we have access to to experience. It's so important to understand our role for that. But what is our role in this specific verse? In order to walk into the new creation life, we have to behold. That's our role. So how do we do it? You know the first verse we talked about coming, coming to Jesus. That seems pretty easy. But what does "Behold" actually mean? You want to know the definition? Okay, good, good, good. The original word uh, is actually to turn your eyes, your attention, or your mind towards something. So when God says, "Old things have passed away; your new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are made new." He's saying, turn your eyes, your attention, and your mind towards all things are made new. See our role to turn our eyes, pretty simple. We got eyeballs. That's the natural. It's 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 pretty self-explanatory. Just look, right? Your attention. Now, this is the thing is sometimes my attention's on things, but my eyes are not on that thing. Does that make sense? So I think that your your attention goes not just in the natural, but also in the spiritual. It deals with the heart as well. But then to talk about your mind, what we've been learning about our mind is it actually deals with our identity. It's almost interchangeable with the word identity. My mind is, what it's, it's of the spirit. It makes up who I am. It has to do with my heart and who I am. So to turn, to behold means to turn my eyes, the natural, the attention, which has to deal with both of them, and my mind, which is the spiritual. Everything about me from natural to spirit and everything in between to turn and behold, God is doing a new thing. Wow, that's good. It's giving. When I turn my mind towards Him, everything inside me towards Him. What, I, what, he's, what He's asking me, my role is to give Him access to my identity. He's wanting to deal with my identity. Wow. That's so good. See, He's wanting to address my identity. And God's avenue to our identity is through what we behold. God has access to touch our identity and based off what we behold. Oh. See, the thing is, when I used to read this verse, I used to think, it can't be that easy. You want me to behold? It can't be that easy. And God was like, what do you want it to be? (laughs) But seriously, but seriously, I want it to be, I work so hard, I have to fix my behavior. God is not trying to adjust your behavior. He's trying to to access your identity, and how he does that is through what you behold. So, let's go to 2 Corinthians 3.18. Just a couple chapters prior. This is a familiar verse, I think. I mean, I love it. Um... So God's avenue to our identity is through what we behold. So it's like this in um, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. It says, But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. Come on, we were just thinking about that. Are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. We're being transformed. This is what we talked about desiring. We want to be transformed, right? But where does it happen? Through what we behold. We all, with unveiled, holes, we, with unveiled faces, so behold as in a mirror, and then we're transformed. Yes. He's wanting to access our identity, and he does that. He, he touches and transforms our identity through what we behold. Yeah. I almost want to sing the song, like, transformers, robots in this <laughs> guy. More than meets the eye. Come on, Absolutely. <laughs> Yes, um thank you. Is this making sense? The thing is, I, the thing is I don't want it to be hard because God doesn't want it to be hard. I'm not saying I'm not saying it doesn't I'm not saying that it's I'm not saying that it's just walk in the park of rainbows and unicorns. Sometimes it is such a dreadful thing because in order for us to behold something we have to turn from something else. Yes you know that ver- that verse of uh, uh, uh in Ezekiel I think it's 36 verse 26 or something like that we talks I'm going to create in you oh no this is verse 11 yes. sorry chapter 11 yes. he's saying the same thing he's talking about creating them a heart of flesh but in chapter 11 he talks about Turn from your idols. You're going to return to your land, but turn from your idols and all the detestable images and stuff. And it's the thing is this people love about the, the, the stone of heart to stone of flesh, but they often skipped over the fact that they had to turn from their idols and detestable things. So I'm not saying it's going to be a walk in the park because there are some things that I would really like to hold on to. Wow. For real. But it's not as complicated as you make it dealing with our behavior and stuff. Does that make sense? Okay, cool. See, in this verse, what we see is people beholding and then becoming transformed because of it. And it's clear that God is trying to paint the picture that what we behold, we become like. I think that's why in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, where it talks about we're a new creation, it doesn't say, behold, the old has passed away and behold, the new, all things are made new. It doesn't say, behold, the old, behold, the new. It says, the old things have passed away, you're a new creation. Now behold, yeah. Yeah. behold, right. yes. all yes. things are made new. Yes. Because what we bring back to our mind, bring back to our memories, and all this we we allow—he doesn't want us to be, remember that the definition of the whole "Behold" is to turn our eyes, our attention, our mind. It's giving our our, our, our giving it access to our hearts, our identity. He's not saying "Behold the old" because he doesn't want to look us to look back at the old and say, "Here, I, I want you. I want I want to be shaped by my." so This is my thing that would frustrate me so much in my walk with Christ. Was like I would sit there and see old habits, and people would say, "No, you're a new creation," and I say, "No, you don't know what I did." And so they're saying, "No, you're a new creation." And I said, "No," and all of my attention, my identity said, these are all my mistakes. These are how bad I am. And so what was shaping my identity and transforming my mind was not the new thing that was happening, but I was beholding the old. And you can't have two masters. You can't behold two things at once. So I'm sitting here, and although I have access to the new, I'm beholding the old, so I become like the old. You know, we love that verse, Isaiah 43. I think I said it 43 verse 819. It says, Behold, I'm doing a new thing. But Isaiah 43, verse 18, can you go with the back one verse? Says, do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Before we walk into the new, we have to say, All right, I'm gonna turn from the old. He's saying it's so important. Don't bring that in here. Don't don't bring that to your heart. Don't bring that to you. The old things, let them be old. Turn away from those things. It's not to say they didn't happen, it's not to say they were right, it's not to say, you know what I'm saying? We think we have to clean up our whole act before we can turn to Him, but if we turn to Him, our act will be cleaned up. Yes. We think that, do you understand? We we put so much on behavior, but the thing is, we become like what we behold. Yeah. But we will behave like what we behold as well. Yes. Ah, man. I'll tell you this, my, my mom is in the room right now, and I'm so excited to have her here because she knows this story more than anyone else because she was the, all right, I'll just say this. Like I said, I have my three-year-old son, Levi, and when he goes away to my, his grandparents' house, I always get reports like he's the sweetest kid, the most patient, the most, he's the most peaceful, he's so sweet and so kind. And I think, what an honor it is to raise this young man. Seriously, I could cry just thinking about it. The one bad report I heard was, he goes around and, and he smacks my mom's butt and he says, you got a cute butt. <laughs> and the thing is, oh, I hope he never hears this, but, but the thing is this, the thing is this, why would he do that? I'm going to tell you this, I'm going to tell you this, because everyone in my house has a cute butt and I tell them often and sometimes without words. And so what he beholds, he behaves like. Do you see what I'm saying? He beholds his dad, you have a good marriage. for sure. But also, I have uh, cute kids. And the thing is, he beholds his dad, but then he behaves like his dad. We sit here and try and mess with our behavior so much. But I, tell, I promise you, if we just do what the Bible says, and behold, all things are made new, then if we put our, all our eggs in the basket of beholding, I promise our behavior would change. Different. Like would be different. <laughs> I know it's funny, but it's, it's, it's that simple. I didn't teach him that he just watched me. You want to change your behavior, change. Let's, let's look at what what are we beholding? Do not remember the things of old. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Mm -hmm. So what could keep us from beholding? Because I really want—I don't want you guys to walk away from this and be like, "Oh, that was such a funny story," you know. I want you guys to yeah. be able to say, "Okay, when you go to do that and you get this gut check of like, I don't know if I could do this." I want you to be like, "Oh no, I remember he said, you know, whatever." So, so let's go into it. What would keep us from you holding? I think, I think one of the things I found personally, whether it's with a new creation life or really anything with, with God in general, is whatever I'm holding tends to hold me back. From the, I don't want to say it this funny, but if it helps, it's good. What could keep me from beholding God? What I beholding. <laughs> if I behold in fear, if I behold in anxiety, if I behold in convenience, if I behold in pride, if I behold in what I've always known, if I'm holding on to what I've always known, it's going to be hard to behold yes. what he's trying to do. I did get my computer for this. Pardon me. Just give me a second. Just chew on that one. Think about hey, God, is there anything I'm holding on to that's holding me back? Let's just think about that for a second. I'll come back to you, Bible. Um, see, the word new is kinos in the um, in the Greek. So when it talks about a new creation, it's actually talking about um, a kinos creation. And I know that means nothing to you now, but wait till I get to this definition. <laughs> Okay, um, because, hold on, let me just scroll, this font is far too small for my eyes. Um, no, no. <sighs> Jesus, where did I put this, John? Okay, here it is. Hopefully. No, I can't find it. Whatever it is, whatever it is. I'll tell you from my heart. The definition of behold, in, or sorry, the definition of is is something fresh. It's a new brand. It's um uh it's uh, it's it's unprecedented. It's uncommon, it's unheard of. The the definition for unprecedented means it's never been done or known before. The definition for uncommon means it's out of the ordinary. So this is the creation that we've been walked into. Um the best picture I can think of is is uh, when we were growing up, I played football and over the summer, we would, we would throw the football and practice or whatever. But once the sun went down, we kind of had to roll because no one could catch a football in the dark. And so we'd be throwing these football and the sun, the sun goes down and we're like, oh, we gotta go home because if we throw a football, we can't catch it, right? But the one thing we did throw was we throw rocks up in the air and these bats would come down and get them. And it was so fun because it was like, you hear them go like, make the bat noises. And so we'd be sitting there after practice, just throwing these rocks up and the bats would come down and go and grab these things. And the thing is, it was so weird for us. It's like these weird creatures, these weird, this weird creation that does uncommon things, the thing that we're stopping because we can't see in the dark, they're actually coming out and thriving because they are built to use echolocation to move in the dark. It's weird for us. It's unprecedented. It's unheard of. It's uncommon. It's something we've never done before. It's something we've never known before. But because that creature, that creation was built like that, it's actually very normal for them. So there are times where we, we're kind of adverse to things like God is walking us into something. I, I know personally, just even this, this year alone, God has walked me into things that I've said, I've never done this before. This is scary because it's unprecedented. Maybe you guys have felt this. I'm in a circumstance that's unprecedented. It's unheard of. I'm facing something that's unheard of. And we think that's an excuse for us to say, I'm not oh, going to move right. forward. But if you understand that you're a new creation, yes. that means you're a kynos creation, which means yes. if it's an unprecedented circumstance, that's what you've been built for. You're, see, the same way a bat is nocturnal. It's like, it's nocturnal, so it uses are you're, you're a new creation, a kynos creation, which means that you are unprecedented, unheard of, uncommon, never been done before, never been... Known before? Un- does that make sense? So this this whole fear of the unknown is actually par for the course for us. Wow. Does that help us? Does that help you? I, I just want us to feel free to step into what God's trying to do, because otherwise, what do we see? Settling for what we have access to and not really embracing what we could actually experience. So does that help us embrace God and how He's made us? Awesome, awesome, awesome. So we covered um, what keeps us from beholding, right? Um, which is what we in, or what 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 we're holding could be holding us back. Um, but here's my thing too, is like, even if I know, oh, I could be holding on to something that's holding me back. The real question is now, how do I change how I see what I'm holding? Because truly no one holds, no one in, I don't think anyone here is just like, I hate God. I don't want anything to do with him. I think a lot of the things we wrestle with is I love God, but I don't know how to let go of this.
1: Yeah.
0: Do you know? Truly. I mean, at least for me that I I struggle with this thing of like, uh, I, I would want to, let go of this, but I didn't know how. So the question I want to ask you to ask me is how do we change what we see, what we're holding? Does that question make sense? How do do we change how we see what we're holding in our hands so that we can let it go, okay? All right, thank you for asking that question. Um, If you have your Bibles, actually, yeah, I'm going to read this out of the um, NLT so don't put it up there because I don't want to confuse people. But um, this, we're going to go to Revelations chapter 4. Doo, doo, doo. Some of you guys already know what's up. We're going to Revelation chapter 4. I'm going to read verse 4. I'm going to skip to verse 8, the back end of 8, and then we're going to keep reading from there. Um, so if you're taking notes, it's Revelation 4, comma, 8 through 11. Okay, so remember we're trying to ask, how do we change what we, how we see what we're holding on to? Now, in Revelation chapter 4, um, this is painting a picture of what's happening in heaven. And John is writing it down. He's like, oh, this is what's going on. Okay, so there's twenty. this is the throne of God. So there's 24 thrones surrounding him. And 24 elders sat on them, and they were clothed in white and had gold crowns on their heads. And verse 8 says, Day after day and night after night, they kept on saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was, who is, and who is to come. And whenever the living beings gave glory and honor and thanks to the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever, the 24 elders fell down and worshiped the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever. And they laid their crowns before the throne and say you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and they exist because you created what you please. So you have these elders that surround God that have, have crowns on their head. People start seeing holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is, and is to come. Then these people start bringing glory and honor and thanks to this king who lives forever. And the 24 elders, in response, they take their crowns, they put them down, they say, you are worthy, God. A crown seems appropriate on your head until you see the king of kings. Yes. What you're beholding, or I'll say we, what we're beholding changes how we see what we've been holding. Whatever we're holding to for dear life, it'll change depending on what we're beholding. These elders around his throne, it seemed like, oh, this crown makes so much sense on my head. This makes so much sense. The second they saw, holy, holy, the second they behold him, they said, you are worthy of this crown. Why is this even on my head? I'll take it off and put it at your feet. But what they're beholding changed how they saw what they've been holding. And I'll say just for me personally, you read a little bit verse. I, I didn't even put this in my notes. But I'm just saying, I just want to share from my personal experience. Verse nine says, Whenever the living beings gave glory and honor and thanks, these are some three things that help me. So it's ever in a place where I'm having trouble letting go of this thing. What helps me is giving glory and honor and thanks to the one sitting on the throne. And when I bring him thanks, when I start to thank him, things my, my grip starts to loosen. When I start to give him glory and give him honor, it's like, oh wow, I don't have to carry this weight. You got it. You're only yeah. one, one yeah. only one worthy of it. Yeah. The thing is, we can be all in. The the same room as one person but have a different experience with that one person. Same thing happens with God. One thing someone says, this is a crown that should be on my head. Look at Lucifer. And another person says, I don't deserve this at all. Wow. You see what I'm saying? Yes. <sighs> okay, I'm going to read one more story cuz it seems like this is the right time. There was another time where people we're in the same room as Jesus, but one group of people saw this thing as wow, what a waste. And one the Bible calls her an immoral woman, the Bible calls her a sinful woman, yes. prostitute, whatever you want to call her. She didn't walk out the same as she came in. But yes. the thing is, she 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 saw it as this king is worthy of what I have. Yes. Yes. Um I don't, I'm just going to give you the references because the thing is the gospel approaches this story from so many different angles that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are sitting here going and bringing different elements that are so crucial. So I'm going to start in Luke. I might hit Mark. I might hit John. I don't know, but Luke chapter seven, verse 36. Um, Where do I want to read this in? I'll go in my Bible. Oh, I'll go right here. Silly me, I wrote it down. Okay, so a sinful woman forgiven. This is chapter seven of Luke, verse 36. Says Then one Pharisee asked him to eat with him. Talking about Jesus, he invites him to his house. And then he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city was a sinner. When she knew that Jesus sat at the table at the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil. I think this is over a a, a year's worth of wages. That this thing costs. so imagine what she make in a year and then in a, in a jar okay and then let's look what she does with it and stood at his feet behind him weeping and she began to wash his feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair on her head and she kissed his feet and anointed them with fragrant oil Okay, then this is the response, but it's found in Mark chapter 14, verse 5. It says this, But there were some who were indignant among themselves and said, Why was this fragrant oil wasted? For it may have been sold for more than 300 denarii, which is a year's worth of wages, and given to the poor. And they criticized her sharply. I'm just going to say a couple more things. In John chapter 13, it says that the fragrance of the oil filled the whole house. So you have this, 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 this Jesus in a house, and Jesus goes on to say, "You didn't kiss my head, you didn't, you didn't anoint my head with oil, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't do any of this stuff." But she hasn't stopped kissing me since you came in. She's, she spent a whole year's wages of oil on me. She's he he goes off to celebrate, and he looks at her and he says, "You, your sins are forgiven." He says your sins are forgiven. He says, your faith has saved you. So she walked in a sinner and a moral person, but she walked out completely transformed, forgiven and saved. But all she did was let go of this precious thing that she had. And people looked at her and said, it's a waste. It is unprecedented. It is unco- it, it doesn't make sense. This is out of the ordinary what you're doing. Yes. It doesn't make any sense. Oh, that's of. This is what we're called to. It's, it, it's not, it's not, it's not that it, it doesn't cost us, but she didn't earn transformation. She made room for it. Yes. Whoa. You see what I'm saying? She didn't go in there and say, here, if I give you enough money, God, will you forgive me? No. She said, you are more worthy than the most precious thing I have. Yes. You can have it, yes. God. And because she did that with her heart, he had access to her identity and he says, boom, you're saved. Yes. She made room for transformation. Some of us, that's all God is inviting us to do. Even as we go through these next six weeks or five weeks, whatever it is, no matter who the teacher is, no matter what the subject is, all I ask is that we make room for this king who's worthy, way more worthy than what we're holding. That's all I ask. And and it's not just of you, but even of me, that I'll be willing to let go of what I've always known of him to embrace what he's trying to walk me into. Whether it's... previously unknown to me or uncomfortable or unprecedented or unheard of. This is the kind of life that I've been created for. I am a new creation. Yeah. This is what I've been built for. Just like yeah. bats are built to hunt in the night. I've been built for the uncommon. I've been built for the out of the ordinary. I've been built for the unprecedented and the unheard of. This is the new creation he's called me into. <sighs> so Jesus, we just choose to behold you now. Yes. Oh God, we can't get enough of beholding God, thank you so much for how simple you made it, God, that you can, you can address our behavior, you can address our identity in just one turn of an open heart. Oh, we honor you for your power. Oh, we say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and who is and is to come. We know you're so good, God. So we honor you with everything inside us. We give you thanks. We thank you for meeting us at our lowest point. We thank you for the encounters we've had. We thank you for what you've done in our families. We thank you for the prosperity we've known. We thank you for all of it now. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Come and be glorified and magnified in this place. So we're technically ending this night, right? But I do feel like there's something that's just beginning. If you're stirred up right now, I, I encourage you, do something um, What's normal, what's ordinary is once we get done with this service, we all get up, we say goodbye, we get in our cars and leave. That's ordinary, that's what's expected, but that is not kainos. Of, so you see what I'm saying? So I want to give you guys the official invitation to, as this is over, if you want to leave and say bye to people, feel free. No one's going to judge you, I, I, I encourage you. But if there's something stirring in you to behold him a little longer, then please do. If there's something stirring in you to just sit here, doesn't, you don't need any music, no nothing, just, just to sit here with him, then please do. If you're in your car and your heart's burning for him, I, pl- I encourage you: let go of what—not the steering wheel, but let go of, let go of what's ordinary. Embrace him, Jesus. We just love you. Um yeah Joe I have a, pulled up a song on YouTube if you just want to play it feel free and then you guys do whatever feels appropriate honestly I love you so much thank you so much for for coming I know it's a it's a late and long night but he's just so worthy of your time and um and I and I know he appreciates it okay so I love you guys um have a wonderful night and we'll just worship regardless of where it looks like here yeah. <sighs> amen